Thank you for listening to a Praise Chapel Kingman podcast. If you need any information about our church, or if you'd like to give online, please visit us at praisechapelkingman.com. Father, right now, we just dedicate this service to you. Oh, Lord God, we ask you to have right away to do what you will, God, to heal, to deliver, to set free, to restore, to provide, Lord, whatever is necessary. Father, we pray that you would do it. Lord, in this place, that lives would be changed, revolutionized, God, that we would not come in, that we would not go out as we came in. God, that we would leave this place a different people, God. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. sometimes we get in such a hurry to accomplish what we want to accomplish that we forget who it is we're accomplishing it for. And sometimes our busyness can push God right out of the equation. Because I guarantee you that God does not have the same schedule that you do. Uh, The Bible says this, his ways are not our ways, his thoughts are not ours. They're higher than ours, and I guarantee you that is the truth. God doesn't always do it the way I want it done. (laughs) And I have found that God is not even bashful about it. (laughs) He's not even apologetic. He doesn't look down and go, I know this is going to disrupt what you want to do, John, and I'm really sorry about that. I should have sought your approval beforehand. That is not God. God just says, I'm going to do this. Uh, in fact, what was funny is as I was standing over here and we were in that song on fear, I don't even know the name of it, but that song, I'm just praying and I'm just letting God just touch me. And I'm praying I, and I'm saying, God, I, I, I was, this is what I said. I'll be a little vulnerable. I said, God, I don't get it. I don't know what to do here. And God just said, watch this. Watch this. <laughs> right. Amen. Just watch. Just shut up and watch. It's like, okay, I thought I had to do something. He goes, you thought wrong. <laughs> oh, man, I love that. I love it. 
Oh, I don't even know if we're getting through all this today. <laughs> I'll do my best to yep. give you something intelligent. And... That's Holy Spirit right there. That's what we've been contending for. I told you a while back, a few weeks ago, I told you that, that I don't, if, if, if we're going to settle for church is just normal, normal church, then count me out. Yep. And you say, well, why do you say that? It's not because I'm mad at church or don't like church. It's just I've done it a lot. I've been to church a lot over the years, a lot of years in church. And I just don't want to, I don't want to phone it in no more. I don't want it, I don't, I don't want it to be one-dimensional. One-dimensional to me is kind of like, I was sharing with the first service, kind of like eating potato chips without salt. You might as well eat the bag that came in. I like, I, you know, the, my doctor said, you kind of got to cut down on the salt. And I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to do it, man. I, I like flavor. I like flavor. Have you, ever, have you ever gotten gum that had no flavor? Or you got, you know, do you remember as a kid fruit striped gum? The one with the colorful zebra. You remember that? Or is that too old for you? It, fruit striped gum. You chewed it for about 15 seconds and then the flavor's gone. Now it's just, it might as well be a piece of paper. I hated that gum. And, and, and so we loved it at first. And you put like 16 sticks in hoping that the flavor, you got... You're hoping that the, the flavor would last, but it didn't. It, it didn't last. You've, you could eat 25 sticks, and it wouldn't last. I hate that. I like flavor. I like the, the unexpected. And you know what? God kind of likes that, too. God, God likes showing up unexpectedly. He likes interrupting. Do you, uh, you haven't figured it out yet. God, God likes interrupting our program. Uh, he, he's kind of like that. He's kind of... He's kind of not polite about it either he's he he just comes in and says i'm taking over and he delights in it and you know what i delight in it too i love it when he does that and that's been the whole point of this series on the holy spirit is to get to know him and to 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 touch him and and to introduce him and the truth is we've we've uh, uh come a long way but i'm amazed at how much we've really left on the table yet to be discovered. There's so much about the, the Holy Spirit. The depth of this subject is, is as deep as the person that we're studying. Yes. You, you could spend a lifetime talking about the Holy Spirit and you'll never get to the bottom of it. You'll never understand it. And the reason why is part of the reason is because he's, he's growing, he's alive, he's not stagnant, he's not compact, he's not idle. He's, he is growing and expanding. And, and as you study him and get more acquainted to him with him, you'll find more and more and deeper and deeper facets of him. But we've taken the time to open this door so that we could at least get a taste or a introduction to him, his working, his ministry, his empowerment, his comfort, his leading and if there's anything that we have gained in this, if there's anything that I've gained in this, it's the fact that the Holy Spirit is simply irreplaceable. Yes. I don't want to do this without him. I remember there's a, there was a time when Moses and 
the children of Israel really struggling. There was things going on. And finally, God, you could tell just in the conversation, God's even a little bit frustrated. And he says, look, he goes, just go. I'm going to stay here. You go. Go in the promised land. Moses said this. He goes, if you don't go, I ain't going. I don't want to go anywhere without him. I would rather be in the worst place on the planet with him than the best place without him. That's the bottom line. And so much of the time in our Christian lives, we fail to learn and understand the ways of the Spirit, and it hinders us. It hinders us greatly. It, it limits us. It makes us that one-dimensional, that flat, flavorless Christianity. Look, at we live in a world today that technology is enticing people to things that are, are, are mind-blowing. You, For heaven's sakes, you can watch a 4K movie on your phone. Christianity better have something other than just being flat. You know what I'm saying? We need to have that power. We need to have that enticement. We need to, we need to have the richness of who God is to entice people beyond the, the video game, beyond the console. And I, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. Don't misunderstand. I'm not preaching against that. that, that that's, that's dumb. I'm not, I don't, that's not my point. My point is today is that God is so much more and he's so deep and he's rich and he's fun and he's exciting and he's an e-ticket ride if you know what that means. He is colossal at Six Flags or I don't know what do they have now. I haven't been to an amusement park in a long time, but he is wild. And we need that. Can you say Amen. And that's what I believe Paul understood when he wrote in our text in 1 Corinthians 12, 1. He said these words. He says, now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. And in the original, context, or in the original text in the Greek, it didn't have the word gifts in there. That was added later to give context and to give understanding. And, but Paul, so Paul's writing, he goes, now concerning spiritual the spiritual, he didn't want us ignorant about spiritual. He didn't, didn't want us misinformed or misled or misunderstanding. He, he did not want us to ignore spiritual things because of hesitation or reluctance. Why? Because the gifts and the spiritual realities of life are far more vital to our becoming all that God has intended us to be than we can ever imagine you need to understand that. This is, not, this is not good marketing. This is Bible. Are you hearing what I'm saying? This is what God had intended. And last week, we spent time looking at the vocal gifts. We, we took some time to define those and to expose you to them, speaking in tongues, the interpretation of tongues and prophecy. And what we found out is that these gifts are extre- extremely important to the church. And to ourselves. And we, we talked about how tongues is, is that thing. It's that gift that's given to us. The Bible says in Jude 20, it says that praying in the Holy Spirit builds up our most holy faith. There's an impartation. There is an intercession. There is a partnership with the Holy Spirit. He prays perfectly the will of God for our lives when we don't know what to say or do. He comes alongside us. He is the original rescue swimmer. And he comes in and he gets involved and he begins to use our mouth, our voice to pray his will. And then when we direct that to the church, he gives us the gift of interpretation so that others can share in the edification. 
And then Paul tells us and instructs us, he goes, but beyond all of that, he says, I wish that you would prophesy. And he says, the reason why is he says, because you're speaking to the church, edification, exhortation, and comfort. He says, you're encouraging, you're uplifting, you're building up. Just the way tongues builds the individual, prophecy builds the church. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Now, this morning, we want to move on and, and, and bring this series to a close by looking at the rest of the spiritual gifts. And you need to know that the spiritual gifts have been categorized into three categories. The first is the vocal gifts. The next one is the, the revelation gifts or the gifts that reveal. Now, one thing that I want you to remember when you think about gifts is that the gifts of the Spirit are a lot like a rainbow. When, we've all seen a rainbow. We've, out here in Arizona, we see some spectacular rainbows and and it's always amazing when you see one because they have all of the color spectrum you know the colors in the light spectrum and each color is distinct and unique but there's a phenomenon with a rainbow it's hard to see where each color changes it's it's hard to see just where is the line of demarcation where is that place where green goes to blue or yellow or whatever the transition is and sometimes they fade into one another and it's hard to see where one color begins and the next one ends and and those kinds of things and the gifts of the spirit are are just like that they're uniquely individual and distinct but yet they rely on one another and they blend together to bring us into a place of full color of brightness Are you hearing me? And so the first gift I want to talk about in the revelation gifts is the gift of knowledge. Now, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just kind of blow through this a little bit because we don't have a lot of time, but I'm going to get the meat of it to you. See, the gift of knowledge is an interesting gift because it's not just simply talking about knowledge that comes in the sense of like a word of knowledge to a person. That is a facet of it, but it's more really a facet of prophecy. I'm talking about the gift of knowledge. I'm talking about having information that's impossible for us to get. That's what the gift of knowledge is. It's, it's God giving you information. See, all of us here, we, we don't know it all. You know, popular, beyond popular belief, we don't know it all. Some of us think we do, but we don't. And there's no way for us to know all things. There's no way for us to have all the information. So what God does is he gives us a gift of knowledge. He allows us to possess his knowledge, his information. And this can happen in the very extreme where it is literally possessing knowledge, how to lead a nation all the way to the very simple and practical, where are my keys? Do you understand that? It's a gift of the Spirit. It's an empowerment that God gives me to live my daily life. It's an empowerment to help me get through. He gives me knowledge. He he gives me information so I know what is going on in any given situation. And I could pray, I could say, and I've done it. I, 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 I've prayed and I've said, God, I, I don't know. I, I've lost this thing. Can you show me where it's at? And God drop a, he'll, he'll say something to me like, you know what, John, go check behind the couch. Well, why would that be behind the couch? And, and, and now I know because you've got grandkids. 
And they put things behind the couch. My grandson loves putting stuff by. The remote is always behind the couch. And somewhere along the line, I, I can't find it, so we'll pray. God, where is the remote? And sometimes he says, I hit it. You don't need it. Go read the Bible. That's, that's a good working knowledge right there. God says, you ain't going to find it. Only I know. But what he's doing, he's, he's giving us knowledge, that information. And sometimes that's what, because, you know, information is power. Do you know that? There are people in this world, they're known as information brokers. And they have great power because they're in the know. You ever met somebody that wants to be in the know? I remember I was one of those people, and now I would like to not be in the know. I'd just rather not know. But I remember when Pastor Pennington first came to Kingman back in 1987, he came in 87, and I remember he uh, 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 decided to uh, have a board meeting, and, to, and he invited several other guys to the board meeting. So I'm standing there, and I'm thinking, well, of course he's going to pick me. He'd have to almost pick me because I'm the guy with knowledge. I, I know everything. I, you know, why wouldn't he pick me? I'm the man. You know, I, I, you, you, when you look at me, you think you're the guy I want to have on that board. And I, I even looked at him. I said, hey, look, if you need me, I'm here. I, just all I want to do is serve, Pastor. No, that wasn't what I wanted to do. I had no intention of serving. What I wanted to do, do was know what was going on in that room. And so he called all the guys, and they, I'm sitting there in the outer room, and they all walk in front of me into this other room and close the door. They had the nerve to close the door on me. And I wanted, I put my ear to the door. I, I'm, not, I'm not bashful to say, I was listening, and I was trying. Why? Because I wanted to know. There's something very human about wanting to know. And many times we can survive crisis when we know why. Why did this happen to me? Why is this going on? And God says, I'll give you the gift of knowledge. It's not just simply a word. That is part of it. Sometimes he gives us word for people. Sometimes he gives us insight into people. And he'll give us a word, but it's even beyond that. He gives us knowledge. In fact, the Bible says this, my people perish because of a lack of knowledge. Oftentimes that's why people go sideways is because they just don't know. See, God wants to give you understanding in truth. And so he gives you a word. We need to pray for that, especially when we read the Bible. When we're reading his word, we need to have knowledge concerning his word. What does this mean for me, for my life, for my family, for those around me? How can I affect others? What is really happening here? It's the gift of knowledge. And what the Holy Spirit does, he transmits his own divine knowledge into me with things that I can't solve on my own. He gives me solutions to problems, answers to questions. He gives me a dimension of knowledge that is not my own. That's the gift of knowledge. Then it moves on, and he tells us this. He says, you know what, I'm going to give you the gift of wisdom. Now, here's the difference between wisdom and knowledge. Knowledge is information. Wisdom is instruction. 
I, I had a guy come up to me after the 8.30 service, and he says, you want to know the difference between knowledge and wisdom? I said, yeah. He goes, knowledge is this, knowing that a tomato is a fruit. Wisdom is knowing not to put it in fruit salad. Yeah. <laughs> I thought, that is really good. That's smart right there. That's the difference. See, sometimes we can have the knowledge, but yet not know what to do with it. So the gift of word of wisdom comes in, and God gives us the ability to know what to do with what we know. To not just be able to interpret scripture, not just to be able to see and know what's going on, but to know how to respond, what to do. That's why Christians need to Pray for that. So many times I have people come to me and they'll say to me, Pastor, I just don't know what to do. They're in crisis. They're in a bad situation. There's things that are going on and they're, they're wondering, you know, what's going on? They know what's going on. They know the problem, but they don't know what to do about the problem. Amen. What do I do about this? This is where God says, I want to give you a gift so that you know how to handle this. What do you do when things happen? What do you do when things go sideways? What do you do when things aren't working out? What do you do when you see everything out here, but it doesn't match anything that's written in the Bible? What do you do? What do you do? So God's got that. He gives us that gift, and he says, I want to give you the gift of knowing what to do. See, I think what's happened over the years is that we've, we have way over-spiritualized, and we have way over-emphasized uh, uh, the, uh, the theology of these gifts. We've made them something that only special people get, only the truly anointed, and you better watch out and you better be God. Look at, let me say this to you. God wants to give you knowledge, and he wants to give you wisdom so that you can live in a way that's pleasing to him. So that you have the information and you know what to do with it. Could it be that simple? Could it be that the Holy Spirit wants to partner with us and says, Hey, look, my brain is bigger than yours. And I'm just going to give you my knowledge. And then I'm going to instruct you on how to use that knowledge. Could it be that simple? Could it be that we have taken it down a road that's not true and that have we, have we emphasized things that really aren't in it and made it spooky and made it only for the elite when God wanted it for the body? Wasn't that what God said? He says, I've given these gifts for the edification of the body, for the use of all, the benefit of all. Now, there's no doubt that there are people that are highly gifted. There's no doubt that there are people that just, man, they just seem to walk in that inspiration and that ability to know what to do, when to do it, and how to do it. They seem to walk in that. They're highly gifted, and those are people that are called to that. We know that. But let me tell you something, church. These gifts are available to anyone that will allow Jesus and the Holy Spirit to pour on them. They're available. 
Like I said, there's, there's two schools of thought. There's one school of thought that says this, that the gifts of the Spirit are, are you have a gift set. And then there's another school of thought that says that you have access to all of them at any given time. And I'm kind of right in the middle. I do believe there are gifts that are probably more um, adept to our personality. And, and we probably gravitate to those more because we're wired that way. But I do believe that any Christian, any time filled with the Holy Spirit has access to all of them as they need them. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I believe that's the heart of God. I believe God did create me with uniqueness in mind, yet he makes all that he has available to me at any time. Can you say amen to that? In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, Verse 12 and 13 in the New Living Translation, it says this, And God has actually given us his spirit, not the world's spirit, so we can know the wonderful things God has freely given us. When we tell you this, we do not use words of human wisdom. We speak words given to us by the spirit, using the spirit's words to explain spiritual truths. That's the working of that gift in our life. That's Paul describing to those people he's writing to that the gift of knowledge and the gift of wisdom is at work in his life. And this is why we need these words. This is why we need these gifts. Because sometimes life can get complex, can it? It can get a little complicated. And sometimes we need to see beyond the veil, so to speak. We need to have information that's beyond our grasp. And then we need to have the wisdom to know what to do with it. The next gift in the Revelation gifts is probably one that I think is absolutely critical for every believer. Listen to what I'm saying. And it's the gift of discerning the Spirit. See, we live in a day and age where there are so many voices speaking towards us. It's hard to know what is right and what is wrong. We, it, it doesn't, you, you don't have to go very far before you see somebody pulling on you, wanting your attention, telling you, this is the way, go this way. All kinds of people, and we live in a country, we live in a culture now where right is wrong and wrong is right, and everything seems to be upside down. And it's hard to know, where is all of this coming from? And oftentimes, even believers are duped into believing the lie. And what we forget, church, we forget that we have an enemy that is a liar that is steeped in deception. In John chapter 8, verse 44, the Bible says, you are the father of the devil and the desire, you are of your father, the devil, and the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks, in other words, when his lips are moving, he's lying. He speaks from his own resources for he is a liar and a father of it. Jesus is speaking to the Pharisees and he says, look it, you need to understand something. The devil is a liar. So if the devil is speaking to you, it is a lie. It cannot, Jesus said, it cannot be true because there is no truth in him. And so with that going on, he has gotten crafty over the years. He's gotten subtle and wise. Wise as a serpent. And what he does is he, he comes and he sets traps for us and he, he draws us and he turns the heat. He, you know, he is not going to show up like a green leg, hairy monster, fire breathing dragon. He's just not. Why? Because if he did, we'd all rebuke him and send him out. But he shows up as an angel of light. 
And he comforts you and he strokes you and he says, oh, yeah, I know. Gosh, I know. I know that church down there. Holy cow. Man, I'm not really sure what that pastor's all about. You know? Thank you, Shannon. I needed that. I don't know what I'm all about either. You got it going on. That was perfect. That was perfect. We don't have to know. She's the president of my fan club. Doesn't even know what's going on, though. That's, that's okay. That's all right. We got it. We got it. We're, we know each other, right? But you know what? Sometimes he can, he can seduce you. And he'll pull you in. And it makes so much sense. How can something seem and be so right yet so wrong? How can something feel so right but it's so wrong. It's because we've been duped. That's why we need to desperately practice what 1 John 4, 1 says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Let me give you a piece of information, church. Not every voice you hear is God. It, it, it's, it is. We'll hear voices and they'll sound remarkably like God. Giving you instruction to do stuff. You need to test it. You need to say, wait a second. Before I make this move, I need to make sure this is God. I need to test the spirit. Why? Because not every voice you hear is God. Over the years, I've watched lots of people end up shipwrecked in their relationship with God, shipwrecked their possibilities and their potential because they thought what God was doing was nothing at all. It was a lie. I've seen people move out of churches. I've seen people move out of marriages. I've seen people distance themselves from their children. I've seen people move from state to state to state thinking that God was leading them. The remarkable thing is how often God changes his mind. Come on now. It's amazing to me. The Bible says this. Look, at. I know I preach on this a lot. It's a pet peeve, so you just have to be okay with it. The Bible says this, God places in the body as it pleases him. I'm here today because I serve at the pleasure of the king of kings. Do I like everything going on here? No. Do I want some things to change? Yep. And when I complain about it, you know what God says? Go change it. Do what you're called to do. Well, I want to go to the fun place. I want to live at Disneyland, God. It ain't practical. It's really expensive. And it will disrupt and it will derail your future. Because it's not the plan of God. I would rather live in a war zone in the will of God than to live in peace without God. Are you hearing me? You say, why? Because God, that's where I want to be where he is in my life. That's not to say that he's not anywhere else, but for me, he's here. 
And so often the devil will come with a lie and he'll begin to seduce us into believing, well, I need to do this or I need to do that or I need to do this. And we buy into it and we've never even put it to the test. It's just, here's the test. I heard a word in my head. And that's why Christians need the discerning the spirit. Who's speaking? There's three spirits that speak. God's, the devil's, and yours. Yours and the devil's are usually not real healthy. And somewhere along the line, what I need to do is go, you know what, God? Because sometimes God does move people. Sometimes God does do different things. Sometimes God changes. He upsets the apple cart. But when he does it, it always bears fruit. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That's why Jesus says you'll know them by their fruit. That's why the discernment of spirits is so absolutely critical. Now we move on into the power gifts. And I'm going to kind of move along here. Because these are, we're familiar. We're, we're probably more familiar with these gifts than any others. And the first one is the gift of faith. It's the kind of faith, it's not the faith that we get as a measure of faith, because the Bible says every man is given the measure of faith, but it's the kind of faith that stands in the impossible. It's the kind of faith that says, mountain move and the mountain moves. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It's the kind of faith that comes from God. It's the, it's the supercharged faith. It's the faith that doesn't waver. It's the gift of faith that is inspired, infused, and energized by the Holy Spirit. And it's a gift. And there are some people, you've met them, you've, you've seen them, they just simply have a gift of faith. They have this faith, it's like, wow, how in the world do you do that? It's because they have developed and that gift that God's given them. They have taken that faith in, and it's become a gift to them. I think of guys like Smith Wigglesworth. This was a guy that had faith that was outrageous. In, in fact, Smith Wigglesworth in his day was known as the apostle of faith. This was a guy that has uh, uh, recorded miracles that were, uh, I mean, these were miracles that were witnessed, they were documented, they were recorded. The, one of my favorite ones was this, is one time he met a man somewhere in uh, England, and the man had been injured, from my understanding, from World War I and had, had uh, stepped on a landmine or something and had his uh, feet blown off. And so the man is obviously crippled. He's making his way through life. And Smith Wigglesworth just simply walked up and asked him, would you like your feet back? And the man said, well, of course. He goes, well, tomorrow go down to the shoe store, pick out a pair of shoes, any size, any color, whatever you want, have them put them on the stumps, and God will give you your feet back. I'm telling you, that's stepping way out there, bro. That's way, that's way, that's on the edge of the leaf, on the end of the limb. That's out there. You know what happened? The man followed through, and feet grew into the shoes. You know the guy that I, I, I'm impressed with is a shoe salesman. You know, nobody ever thinks, see, that's how my mind thinks. I, you know, oh, Smith, that's cool. And the guy that's getting the feet, that's great. But what about that shoe salesman, man? He's sitting there, he's looking there, and he goes into the back room. He goes, you ain't going to believe this. He's talking to us. He's, there's a guy out here with stumps, man, and he told me to get some shoes. He wants wingtips, black wingtips. He wants some size 10. He wants them a little bit narrow because he don't like wide feet. And so he wants, you know, and he wants socks. 
So he wants me to put socks on his stump, and, and you know what? He puts a shoe on it, and it's a little weird because I'm not sure how you tie that shoe. And he goes out there, and he does exactly that. He, he goes, okay, let's see what happens. Oh, wow. And all of a sudden, there's a moving and a shaking, and all of a sudden, feet grow into the shoes. Amen. I'm no longer a shoe salesman. I am now a missionary. You know what I'm saying? That's right. You got that right. But that's a gift of faith, which moves us to the next gift called miracles. The working of miracles, and then which moves us to the next gift, which is the gift of healing, and you say, well, why is that? You know what all that's for? Certainly the people that are getting the miracles and all of that's happening are blessed. There's no doubt that God blesses us in that, but there's a bigger purpose because it's a sign to an unbelieving world. He says, these signs will follow them that believe. And who are the signs for? Those that don't believe. Right. I'll tell you what, man, you see feet grow into shoes, you're going to be a believer. Right. How many know what I'm talking about? And so somewhere, this gift of miracles, this gift of faith, this gift of healing, it moves us and it, it announces that Jesus is in the house. Can you say amen? Yeah. It's, those are power gifts. They're, they're the gifts. See, that's what we need to be as a church, is we need to be a church of power. God, help us if we do anything without the power of God. Jesus told his disciples, he says, you know what? You go wait in Jerusalem until you're endued with power. Now, he had given them commission. He told them to go into all the world, make disciples of all nations, and he told them, lay hands on the sick and, you know, all these things. He told them, the great commission, go. But he says, before you go, you wait for power. The problem with Christians today is we got too many Christians going with no power. And when, it, when that ends up happening is we just become like the world. We need to go. That's why he gave us gifts. That's why the Holy Spirit is there. You know what? The Holy Spirit doesn't testify of himself. He reveals Christ. And he reveals what Jesus did. He gifts us with everything that Jesus paid for on the cross. Can you say amen? That's the point of the gifts. It's not to freak out people. It's so that we can be empowered to do the work of the Lord, so we can do it in a way that is effective. See, we're not supposed to be people that just simply react to the atmosphere. We're to be people that are changed the atmosphere. Amen. And that's what I'm talking about. I, I don't know if I've mentioned it already, but that's what I'm talking about when I say, you know, I, if it's just going to be church as usual, count me out. Right. Why? Because church without power, man, it's, 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 that's why we cut the service down to 10 minutes. So I'll worship all day. When we, we have worship services, when God comes in, I, time flies for me. Yeah. Hour and a half later, it's like, whoa. So we need to get lost. I remember Pastor Penny told the story. After he had gotten saved, you got to realize if, if, if some of you didn't know him, but some of you did, he was gloriously, radically, and dramatically saved. This was, Pastor Pennington was a gangster. He, he was, he was a, I could tell you stories. I ought to write a book. I ought to write a lot of them. But I ought to write a book called Howard's Stories because they are rich. Some of the stories are just wild. But when he got saved, he got saved. And he tells the story one time that he was in church, and they were in this little tiny church down in Bullhead City, probably 30 people in the church, and they're having song service. He's got his hands up, and he's worshiping, and he gets lost in worship. 
And by the time he's done, he's facing the back wall looking at people. And he's just worshiping. All these people are stopped. They're, they're, they're done worshiping looking at him. And he's just, he's going for it. He just got lost in it. And that's where God meets you. See, it's that kind of thing. It's when that power, it's when the Holy Spirit shows up and we just get lost. Not out of control, just lost in him. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It's when that power flows and we, we actually make a difference in a person's lives. Pastor Howie was telling me uh, yesterday or the day before that he was out at the prison, and I, I'll bring the sermon to a close with this. He was out at the prison ministering, and, and a guy had walked up to him and had told him that he had just gotten diagnosed with hepatitis C. And if you know, hepatitis C is, is a fairly significant disease. Fortunately, they've come up recently with some things that can help, but it doesn't just go away on its own. And Howie says, well, you know what? I know somebody that can take care of that for you. And the guy says, yeah, really? He goes, yeah. He goes, can I pray for you? I believe God will heal you. And he lays hands on him, prays for him. A couple weeks later, whatever the time frame was, the guy comes back and said, I just had another test, and the doctors can find no trace of hep C. None. And you know what? That guy, he'd give his life to Christ. He said, man, I'm going to serve Jesus. See, that's what it's about. Signs point to Jesus. Wonders make us go, hmm. The Holy Spirit empowers us. Pretty simple doctrine, right? And it's that empowerment that we're looking for. Because the Bible says this in John 15, 5. It says, without him, I can do nothing. I need him. I don't know about you. I need him. To just get on this stage for more reasons than one, I need him. I need him. And that's what his gifts do, is empower me to do what he's called me to do. Can you say amen? Why don't you bow your heads? Father, we thank you today. We thank you for your goodness and your glory, and we thank you for the gifts that you've given us. And we know today, God, that we, we haven't done a theological study of your gifts, and we've just scratched the surface, God. We've just really just introduced them. But, Father, we ask that you would birth in us a passion, God, a passion for more of you, more of Holy Spirit, more of Jesus. That, Father, that you would identify in us, Lord, the gifts that are working in us. Father, that you would give us revelation and give us knowledge and give us wisdom, give us discernment. God, that we would know, God, that we would see, God, that we would be able to guard ourselves through your knowledge, through your wisdom, and through your discernment. Father, we ask you, Lord, to give us that power. God, those, that, that, that power that, that changes things, God. That power that heals. The power, God, that moves mountains. The power to stand in faith beyond God. I ask, Father, that you give us that language, God, that reaches into heaven where your spirit prays through us. And Father, we're careful to give you all the praise and all the glory and all the honor. In Jesus' name, amen. Isn't God good this morning? Why don't you stand to your feet all across this place? Our ministry team is coming forward. Come on up if you need prayer of any kind. Next week. 
don't want to miss next week. It's going to be a great service. We can talk about trust. Thank you for listening to the Praise Chapel Kingman podcast. We can't wait to see you next week.